All right. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Jim Barton, and this is our second Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, as with uh, last time, I give a brief uh, introduction. Um, uh, I'm a uh, attorney, and I've uh, have some work in the past in uh, nuclear power. But the real reason I'm here is because I enjoy talking uh, theology, and I especially enjoy talking theology with my pastor, Abby Conley. And I'm Abby Conley. I'm the pastor at Chalice Christian Church. Jim always likes me to tell people that my degree is called a Master of Divinity because I like to say I have mastered the divine. So lots of time spent studying and ready to talk about this stuff, um, especially studying Hebrew and Old Testament narratives and work. And we have a, we, first off, we do have to make a confession to make that today's um, recording is, there's some dishonesty because there's no Bloody Marys at the place right now, so this is really the, um, it's Bellini's. Yes. So this is the Bellini Bible Brunch, which, that's not bad either. That's, right. That's the same alliteration. So we wanted to talk to, uh, about creation story, um, the two creation stories that are in the Bible, um, and then kind of try and put those in context and then talk about how, how they impact us today. So, yes. So let's, um, Abby, if you don't mind starting off uh, talking about the the structure of the two uh, creation stories that we have in Genesis and kind of where they come from. Yeah. So it's interesting because you don't expect a single work to tell conflicting stories, and it's actually because Genesis did not begin as a single work. The entire Torah, in fact, the first five books of the Bible, had theorized four authors, and they're usually given the names, um, or the letters J, E, P, and D, a Deuteronomistic tradition, um, a priestly tradition, an Eloistic tradition, and a Yahwist tradition. And we're actually just going to deal with the two first ones, the Yahwist tradition, J, and the Elohim tradition, E. Now, I'll go ahead and say that if you're wondering why do we call it J when it says Yah, it's because there was a lot of German work in the early studies. And so they, of course, use a J to make the Yah sound. So Yahweh becomes with a J, and then we get the J tradition, and this continues in scholarly work. So the first tradition from the Bible is actually from the Eloistic tradition. And what that means is that the name that they use for God is Elohim, which is a plural of um, the word God in local language. And that's the one where it's a day-by-day creation. And so... God actually speaks the world into being. God says, let this be true, and it is. Bring forth life. Let the seas bring forth life. Let the land bring forth life. Um, And then calls forth even the person into life. And then pronounces it all good. And so there's this strong idea that um, the one who is speaking does something simply by speaking. The second tradition comes from the Yahwistic tradition. author and so they use the divine name Yahweh to talk about God and so if you're reading this in a Bible you would see Lord in um, all uppercase the ORD a little bit smaller but still uppercase and that is representative of that um, divine name and so in that tradition it's much more concerned with the world around them and an agrarian life so the there aren't plants growing yet because there was no one to tend it Adam is taken from the ground, and someone is made to accompany him, Eve. Um, All of the things are there then for these people to have dominion over, to rule over, because it's so important that 
somebody rule over the ground. Um, it seems much more rooted in agrarian society because of that. Um, and then both of them exist. One is Genesis 1, one is most of Genesis 2. There's a little bit of lap overlap between the two, but telling dramatically different narratives about how the world was made. Um, the first one is bringing order out of chaos. So at the beginning, there's all of this water, and God, the Spirit of God, is moving over the deep. The breath of God is calling it into being. Very different from the second one, where it's much more the creation out of nothing. Was there anything here? Well, no, there's something, but there's not much yet, because there hasn't been anyone to rule over it. So very different tellings of the stories and what the world looks like at the beginning. For me, I noticed that the first story is the distant and powerful God. The God who calls things into being is a God who is is um, powerful over creation for sure, uh, likes creation, is doing things intentionally and cares about creation and says creation is good over and over again. Um, but when compared to the second creation story, is um, is more distant. In the second creation story, we have God you know, breathing into the mud. We have God, like we have an intimacy there of where God is, seems to me to be closer. And for me, we'll talk about this a little bit later, this is to me, you know, um, the, there's differences in the way we can experience God, and I think this gives clues into having these two stories about the different ways that we experience God. I think one of the things I want to point out, too, is that when you smash the two stories together, which is what... When, when people come along and say, well, I wish that the Bible was um, true in the same way that a history book is true, or is true in the same way a newspaper is true, they take this conversation, they try and smash it together and make it into one story. What, what, what you get out of that is, is interesting because you, you get a new story that's not in the Bible. So if you try and say, well, the second one is about one of the days in the first one, then you lose, um, you lose a lot of... Uh, of relevance out of those stories because you, when you try and smash them together and consider them as one. So anyway, that's that's what I think um, that's what I think is interesting about those the, the, having the two stories. One of the things that we want to talk about too before we get into what it means to us is talking about what did it mean to them, what did it mean to the people who were hearing these stories, and for that I think it's important to put it in context because you know oftentimes today we pitch battle between um, creation story and science. And, and that's not the that's not that's not the the difference that you had in these this early storytelling. Really, you had different cultures would have different creation stories, and so for example, um, some of the stories are very violent. Um, we see a lot of violence in many of the stories. I think, um, you know, Abby and I were talking just before the podcast here, and like, um, there's a couple of them. I, I, the Babylonians and also the Norse myth. You have like. The world is formed from the body of some dead, you know, monster, um, and so um, that's that's one of the I think. And, and the thing is that oftentimes humans are sort of accidents, or or creation is sort of the, the unintentional byproduct, and that to me is a pretty significant difference between what you had in the creation story in the Hebrew tradition from what you had in the, these other traditions. I don't know what 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 your thoughts are on some of those other stories. So, I actually, I think the most interesting part to me is the lack of multiple actors in the story. So, 
in both stories, it is primarily God acting. There's no significant interaction between two deities. There's one deity. There's one deity doing this. Um, and it's totally by choice. It's not an accident. It's not a byproduct of a battle. It's not a byproduct of something else that happened that wasn't supposed to happen. This is God deciding to do this and deciding that this needs to be. Um, and I actually think both of them suggest a create an intimacy with the created world. Like, even if God only spoke it into being, God chose to speak it into being. Mm -hmm. It wasn't this accidental thing that happened because a God was mad. It's so different from those other origin myths. Um, and I find the lack of violence just amazing compared when I read those other ones. It's not born out of the blood of God or any kind of battle or anything like this. Um, so yeah, it's a very different, this is good because made it good, God made it good, and God just made this choice that I want people and I want an earth. Um, it doesn't lend itself well to then what is our purpose but it does show us that we were desired by God from the very beginning. So if we take from that, I think, so, you know, this is going to be a theme that we run into, I think, over and over with the podcast is, obviously, um, you know, I don't think anything in this story comments on the, whether the universe is 14 billion years old or whatever. I, I don't think it has anything to do with um, Darwin. Um, so if we don't think these stories are true in the same way a science textbook has truth or a newspaper has truth what does what do these stories mean why are they important I, I think these stories are our family stories essentially they're telling us who we were from the beginning um, most people have moms or dads who tell them about the night they were born and those sort of things so this is the cosmic telling of who are you well you were someone who was spoken into existence by this being, or you were someone who was created from the dirt by this being. Um, both of them end up with us somehow being directly related to God. We're not so distant from God, there's no hope of relationship. Like There is a God present with us. Um, both of them tell us of the story of an earth that matters. It's not just, well, yeah, here it is to be used up until something better happens. Um, the it's, created matters and the creation matters. Right. Um, and that's a... And, and by putting the, that idea in our sacred text, it sort of gives a context for how we relate to the world, that it's more profound than, well, um, you know, we should care about the environment because... Uh, it's helpful for us to live and because we can make profit off it or because we can, you know, there's, it's more than the pragmatic reasons. It's a, it's a transcendent reason about why we should care about the environment. Right. And it's a transcendent reason about why we care about the Syrian refugees and why we care about children who are dying of um, starvation in African countries. It's why we care about all these things because we share this common ancestry. We share the same divine um, input into our lives and the same divine making. And that remains true even if our neighbors are Muslim, even if the refugees are Muslim, even if someone dying in a tribe is practicing a tribal religion. Our narrative still tells us who we are in the world and it doesn't become something that we have to tell the world, this is what you are. 
This is about who we are in the world. And I appreciate, too, the naming of experiencing God in the presence of, you know, when you're out in the, and you're out someplace where there's not a lot of lights, and you look up at the sky, and you can just see the vastness of the stars, or if you're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon, I mean, these, like, these experiences, I like naming that as the presence of God, this awesome, holy cow, look at the, look at the eminence here of this, look at the, the immenseness, rather, of this creation, I think that's, to me, that's identifying an experience that I've had, where I really feel close to God, and then also I like identifying that, you know, um, when, you know, there's, uh, a, you know, a newborn baby. You know, grips your your finger, your finger, your little finger. That that's that that's also a presence of God. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's it's important in how I relate to my world. Sort of seeing um, sacredness in both of those places. And that's one of the things that I get out of the the creation story is, is identifying that sacredness. Mm-hmm. So, well, so those those are our ideas. Any other ideas on creation before we? before we leave it today? I think it's just one of those to like say point blank that it is absurd to treat these beautiful stories as one story or to think that these are talking about what happened in a factual, yes, 5,000 years ago God created the earth. Mm-hmm. No, this is about the process of God in the world and that reflects that truth that doesn't doesn't mean evolution didn't happen too doesn't mean these scientifically proven things exist alongside one that is a story of scientific fact and one that is a story of truth beyond fact in fact you're in fact you're really demeaning the um, the power and truth contained in those stories by reducing them to factual accounts you're actually making them less than they really are right all right well that'll do it then for this for this uh, session Um, thanks for uh, listening and um We will get this up on uh, YouTube, and we're going to try and get it up on a podcast as well. So that uh, concludes uh, Bloody Mary Bible Brunch, and uh, uh, have a great week until next time. Cheers.